0: This episode of the Thinkers Manifesto is brought to you by the Thinkers Workshop, an educational library and online community that will help you become a better thinker. Learn more at thinkers workshop.com. That's thinkers workshop.com.
1: It was the fall of 1982. And Ray Dalio was on top of the world. At the age of 33, this hedge fund trader was the toast of Wall Street. For eight years, his investment firm had seen success by trading on investment trends Ray had spotted. He had accurately predicted that emerging market bank debt was at risk. A prediction that came true in August, when Mexico defaulted. By November of 1982, he had another bold prediction one he made on the most important financial news program at the time. The world economy was headed towards an economic depression. Except that's not what happened. Months prior to his prediction, fiscal and monetary policy actions by the U.S. had laid the seeds of what would eventually become an 18-year growth market while the U.S. economy was not heading towards an economic depression, Ray's business was. Ray's arrogance and overconfidence led him to make investment decisions that lost money. Clients pulled their investments as his losses mounted. With his investments and most of his investors gone, Ray had no choice but to lay off his employees. But it would not stop there. Things became so dire that he even had to borrow four thousand dollars from his father just to pay his bills. Summing up this period of his life, Ray would later say, quote, My experience over this period was like a series of blows to the head with a baseball bat. Being so wrong, and especially so publicly wrong, was incredibly humbling and cost me just about everything I had built at Bridgewater. End quote. How would you have reacted to a failure of this magnitude? Would you give up and go find a job? Or would you stay with it, knowing the risk for you Your wife and your children. What would you do when your ideas and your actions lead to failure? Welcome to Thinker's Manifesto, a podcast series that will help you think better. I'm your host, Sean Jackson. Ray Dalio is one of the most influential investors in the world. From those dark days in the early 80s, Ray would go on to build Bridgewater & Associates from the ashes of his actions into the largest hedge fund in the world. In turn, Ray became a self-made billionaire. Number 25 on the Forbes 400 list. I'm a big fan of Ray and featured him in episode six of our first season. The reason I admire him is exactly because of how he dealt with his failure back in the 1980s. How we deal with failure says a lot about us. Failure is painful. It leads us to doubt our capabilities, our ideas, our work. Failures can take a huge toll on us financially, emotionally, and psychologically. And while success releases testosterone and dopamine into our system, failure has an entirely different effect, one that is purely psychological. But if you're going to be successful at anything you do, failure is inevitable, which means that being able to handle failure is, ironically, a prerequisite for success. In a research paper from Northwestern University titled Quantifying the Dynamics of Failure in Science, Startups, and Security, the authors reviewed hundreds of thousands of scientific grant applications, venture investments, and terrorist attacks to see if they could find a statistical model to predict success and failure. Their conclusion? To quote the head of the study, Dashun Wang, Every winner begins as a loser, but not every failure leads to success. End quote. Failure is a rite of passage that you must go through before you find success. It's the reason why so many successful people often wax poetically about the importance of failure in their journey. Not because they remember their failures fondly, but because their failures set them up for success. As Johnny Cash once said, quote, You build on failure. You use it as a stepping stone. Close the door on the past. You don't try to forget the mistakes, but you don't dwell on it. don't let it have any of your energy or any of your time or any of your space. End quote. What Johnny Cash alludes to in this quote is also backed up by the research from Northwestern University cited earlier. A key finding in their study is that one of the key indicators for success is how quickly you change what doesn't work and try again. In other words... The faster you fail, the higher your probability for success in the future. Little did Jared and I appreciate how important this insight would be as we worked to launch our idea in early 2019. Episode 10, Failure I was very confident on the morning of February 19th, 2019. I had just launched our Kickstarter campaign for the Thinker's Notebook. For months, I'd been planning for this moment and when it arrived, I felt elated. I just knew this campaign was going to be a success. All I was wondering was how big it would be. Would it be $80,000 or $150,000 in pledges? My thoughts drifted to the bigger number. Kickstarter is a crowdfunding site for new product ideas. The premise is simple. Creators post their product ideas on the site and backers can support the development of that product through a financial contribution, usually with the promise of being one of the first to obtain the product. In researching my ideas for the Thinker's Notebook, I came across numerous examples of other notebooks being launched on this site, usually with hundreds of thousands of dollars pledged by backers. One competitor raised over $1 million on Kickstarter. Based on their success and many others, I made the decision to launch our idea on the platform and i was not alone in my confidence my partner jared Morris shared in my enthusiasm
0: yeah i mean at this point going on kickstarter is a well-worn path especially for unique consumer goods like what we were developing with the thinkers notebook you get some snazzy photos you create a compelling video and you tell a good story with your written copy then you get the word out and you watch the pledges come flying in I'd been a backer on many Kickstarter campaigns myself, and I was really, really looking forward to succeeding being on the entrepreneur end of it.
1: Our shared enthusiasm was based on our belief that we had an amazing product. The notebook would be available in red or blue with your name laser cut on the cover. The interior featured a meticulously designed layout with dot grids, lines, and a task list combined on one sheet. And of course, it would be bound using disk binding which I had come to appreciate for its flexibility and stylish appearance. If any notebook product was going to be a huge success on Kickstarter, our highly personalized design would be it. But there was one issue I had to address. Most of the successful campaigns on Kickstarter already had relationships with backers, people who had familiarity with the concept and the creators prior to their launch. This was a problem. We had not built an online audience via a blog or a newsletter. Only a handful of people knew what we were working on. But in my hubris, I did not think that would be a problem. I knew a lot of online influencers who would help me spread the word online. I had a relationship with a large blog site that had a substantial email list. Further, I had money to spend. I hired one of the top Kickstarter marketing companies to help create a video for the project, create the ads, and provide PR. They weren't cheap, but I knew they would generate results. So on that February morning, I was ready. Influencers were lined up, emails were set to go, ads and PR ready to fire, and it worked. We started seeing pledges, but it was at a much slower pace than I expected. I reviewed the analytics to see if the data could shed some light. I reached out to more people. I ran my own ads. Anything to drive traffic to that campaign. And people did respond. They came. They watched our expensive video. But as the influx of pledges over the next two weeks continued to be slow, I came to a painful realization. There was no way we were going to hit our target, which, in Kickstarter parlance, is the bare minimum we needed to raise in pledges to launch the product we had envisioned. I was devastated. Depression hit me like a punch to the stomach. Doubt and self-loathing filled my mind. And I wasn't the only one. My partner Jared shared in those feelings.
0: I mean, look, it was a major disappointment. There's no question about it. We put a lot into the Kickstarter campaign, and to see it flop like that was a major reality check. I mean you know, personally, I had really built up the potential for the Kickstarter campaign with my wife, who was being very patient with me while I pursued this new venture with Sean. And so, you know, obviously admitting to her that it hadn't come close to our expectations, that uh, that was not fun. My depression over this failure escalated.
1: So acute was my negativity that I did not join my family on our spring break vacation, opting instead to stay home to consider what to do next. And just when I thought things could not get worse psychologically for me, they did. As my family was away on their vacation, I opted to go to a movie, something I do as an emotional circuit breaker. Walking to my car late at night, I noticed a sports car that had crashed next to my SUV. As I got closer, I noticed something on the ground. I thought someone had hit a dog, but as I got closer... I realized that it was something horribly different. A body laid lifeless on the ground with blood everywhere. A second body lay 20 feet away and the driver was sitting motionless in the car. I have never witnessed a scene as horrific as the one I encountered that night. After the first responders arrived, I retreated to my empty home, shaken to my core. I had just turned 52 and my spirit was broken. My dreams of a successful Kickstarter campaign had evaporated. My mortality filled me with dread. I had come to a crossroad in my life. Should I abandon my idea and pursue something else? I didn't have an answer. All I knew was that life was precious, and for whatever time I had left, the decisions I made going forward would be some of the most important I had ever made. In the next episode of Thinker's Manifesto, I will share with you the key insights Jared and I discovered as we examine what went wrong with the Kickstarter campaign. A discovery that became the cornerstone of our idea and a new path 4 I hope you will listen in